On this episode of Intent Topics, we have special guest Dave Baps from Othot. Today we'll be talking about building a successful sales, marketing, and customer success engine. All right, hey Dave, uh, we're excited to have you on the show today. Uh, why don't you tell us what you're doing now and how you got there? Absolutely, and uh, you know, first, thanks so much for having me. Really great to to be with you both. Um, so I'm with a company called Othot. Uh, it's a O T H O T. Othot's sort of a mashup of Original Thought, which, uh, ironically enough, is trademarked. Um, but uh, Othot is a predictive and prescriptive analytics platform that's been uh, designed in, uh, in in its early form for higher education institutions. We're helping colleges and universities to uh, enroll the, the right students and to help them graduate. And uh, we're, we're helping them do that through the more progressive and advanced forms of analytics that are available uh, wow. today. And we're, we're bringing that to them in the form of a technology-based platform. Wow, cool. Can you, can you talk towards, uh, can you talk to kind of like what some of these analytics are? I'm, I'm kind of curious how you, how you help people graduate. That's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So we're basically bringing um, a variety of forms of data together through uh, mm -hmm. multiple uh, data sources, most of which are proprietary to the institution. Um, and then we're, we're um, bringing that all together through mm -hmm. uh, machine learning algorithms to fundamentally better understand who a prospective student is, um, what makes them tick, and mm -hmm. what it is that an institution can do to um, better engage them, whether they be a prospective student or uh, a current student, uh, to a, a specific outcome. And, um, you know, I think the, the biggest two advancements that are working in concert with one another are um, the, the real advancement in advanced analytics that has occurred uh, since, since I got involved with it is, uh, is through prescriptive analytics, which essentially mm -hmm. enables you to, to change outcomes. And so we've, um, we're, we're bringing that type of um, uh, discipline to mm -hmm. analytics that we employ. And then we're, mm -hmm. we're also um, combining that with technology uh, and, and essentially uh, equipping schools with what-if simulation functionality in the form of oh. a platform to really understand what it is they can do to help um, a student with a, a particular outcome. And so we're, we're getting down to the individual student. We're helping them see where, in the case of something like uh, an enrollment decision, we're helping them mm -hmm. understand where their marketing efforts could be most effective, where they can make wow. best uh, utilization of their recruiters, uh, how their financial aid dollars can be put to best use. Um, and then when it comes to graduation, we're doing the same thing, but uh, really focus more on um, those initiatives uh, that exist within the school and the resources that exist uh, at the, that institution that can help the, the student to achieve that outcome. Wow. wow. So, so uh, what, what role inside the institutions are you typically dealing with? Uh, is it admissions or, um, you know, guidance counselors or, or what's the, what's yeah, the, so Good question. So it really depends on the, the engagement, but um, when it comes to uh, an enrollment type engagement, we're typically dealing with an enrollment management office. Um, that office is um, is typically led by a VP of enrollment management or a chief enrollment officer. 
Um, and then when we help with, um, with graduation related um, engagements, we're, we're typically working with uh, a vice president of student success. Um, sometimes uh, at an institution, um, the person that's responsible for enrollment is also responsible for retention and graduation. Um, and then in other cases, we might be working with like a, a provost or a vice president of acad academics. Gotcha. So not not naturally the techiest of types. <laughs> no, I, it, although I would say that um, on the certainly on the enrollment side in particular, they're becoming um, more uh, adept. But I would say, as a general rule of thumb, higher education <laughs> tends to um, be a late adopter when it comes to technology. Sure and to, um, to more innovative solutions. So, you know, some of what um, we're bringing to higher education has been available in the private sector for years, right? It, you know, you see companies like Google, Amazon, um, you know, make use of AI and, uh, and AI-informed decision-making on a regular basis. Sure, yeah. And I think that, that sets the table nicely for... I know what Chris is chomping at the bit to talk about yeah. around, you know, customer success and, and, you know, we're talking about prescriptive AI in an industry that, you know, has just a gigantic amount of, of brain, right. But right. not necessarily the, um, you know, the, the frequent use of, of technology like we might have in our, you know, sales jobs or, or customer success roles. So, right. Yeah. yeah. This is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about like what, what things you're seeing in, in regards to retention and, and retaining customers and on, on the tool and how you're keeping people, uh, you know, renewing, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, I think, I think a couple of things are important when it comes to ensuring that customers are happy. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. I think first and foremost, um, so much of it is, is, is rooted in how um, a prospect is sold and ensuring mm -hmm. that, um, that you know, expectations are are set appropriately. That they really understand what it is that they're buying, and, yep. and that fundamentally, there's um, there, there's a really um, uh, seamless handoff on uh, on our side when it comes to understanding goals and what's important to the the customer. Um, I think okay. everything sort of starts with uh, with that level of understanding, uh -huh. um, and yeah. then I, I think along with that. Um, it's really critical for us to understand, um, you know, who within that institution <clears throat> is going to be really important when it comes to uh, adoption um, uh -huh. you know, and, and what their yep. model is for uh, mm -hmm. working with uh, across their people. Right. Um, yep. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, I think um, when you're when you understand the goals, you understand how they work and you understand um, who and, and how you need to deploy the solution. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's really helpful in setting the table for success. Um, yep. And then, you know, I, I think along with that, um, there comes a, a level of understanding with, when it comes to um, just being the resource to the customer and what that means to them. Mm -hmm. um, for some, and especially in the early days, um, you know, I think you're, you're figuring some of it out as you go along, but um, yeah. you know, I, I think it's really important to figure out, um, you know, what, what the customer expects when, when it comes to having a healthy relationship with, uh, their partner and how they define mm -hmm. that. Uh, mm -hmm. because I, you know, in, in this space in particular, probably more so than any I've worked in, um, you, you know, the, the customer, a happy customer, um, is, is so invaluable, 
um, because mm -hmm. they, they tell their friends, right? And, yep. um, and they, in a lot of ways, if they are very happy, um, they can become your sales force or, or an extension totally. of your sales force. Yep. Yeah. Are you finding that your sales team is, um, you know, good at identifying good fit customers or is that a challenge for you? Uh, I think in the early days, we, you know, we were trying to figure out um, who that right customer was. And so, you know, mm -hmm. we took on um, customers that were interested in working with us and that allowed us to learn. Uh, I think mm -hmm. um, I think this year we've developed a better sense for um, within the within our market, um, what what the profile is for a customer that will likely be a really good customer for us. And, you know, okay, I think cool. I think over the course of the past six months, you know, we've, we've looked to really translate that in a way that's, um, understandable for the sales team. Uh, cool. And that's been a big, you know, uh, probably a big part of what I've been focused on over the course of the past six months is helping with that translation, um, really creating sales enablement, um, tools, uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, re reassessing our brand positioning within the market, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and really translating, that voice a customer into um, what our message is as we put it out into the marketplace. Very cool. Love it. So, so Dave, uh, there was a, there was a point you made, which I think is an interesting point to talk about for anybody in kind of a startup role or yeah. launching a new service line. And that was, there's, there's that sort of iterative process where you're taking clients on, yeah. you're learning from them. You're not necessarily, you know, we, we're starting relationships, but, but maybe not, you know, where you, they're not lasting as long as you want. What are some of the things that you kind of pulled out of those that you're, that you guys have incorporated in your game today? And what are some of the things that you think are okay? Like if you were to do this again, you'd be like, you know what, that's going to blow up in my face, but you know, I, I'm glad that it did right. um, because it taught us X, Y, and Z. I'd love to hear about that. Cause I do think that that's one of the biggest, most stressful points of, of creating something new is figuring out the fit. Right. Right. So I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, I think that, um, I think that there is an iteration to it. I think, you, you know, you do have to have a strong hypothesis for what it is that you're going to do to create value. Uh, and, um, in, you know, in having that hypothesis, it needs to align, um, with the message that you bring into the marketplace and with where your product is uh, in terms of its, uh, its readiness for commercialization. You know, we were, we were really fortunate in the sense that we, um, we have a, a very seasoned CTO and there was a, a lot of work that had been put into developing a platform that predated me. So, um, you know, I, I think when it comes to, um, to, to that element, um, I, I was, uh, it, or, you know, I was fortuitous in in this particular venture, but I think those things are really important. And then I, I think there needs to be, um, you know, uh, an openness to explore uh, what's working and what doesn't. You know, one of the things that was extremely attractive for me in in taking on the role at um, at this company, uh, albeit at a really early stage, at least for for where I've I've taken roles in my past is that it, mm -hmm. it gave me the opportunity to bring really to build from the ground up, um, you know, the functional units of sales, marketing and customer success. And so um, I had the ability to, um, in a lot of ways, ensure that 
what we were doing was very connected in terms of um, what we learned from the customer, how, how that could make its way into our marketing message, and then how that translated yeah. into what we talked about when we were selling the product. So, and even probably into the product too yeah, itself, right? And, and, then, and then from yeah. there, um, I, I think also into how we can inform the, the product roadmap and where the platform is, yeah. right? So, so that like those, those pieces in the early days, I think are incredibly important. And, you know, I think it's, it's really critical to ensure that, um, you know, it, even if you don't have a role that allows you to, um, to, to create those more direct linkages that you're, mm-hmm. you're working in, in such a way uh, that you're able to bring those things together. Um, not that mm-hmm. you're ever going to solve it in its perfect form, but you're going to continually sure. make it better. Right. And do you, it, didn't you have a product team um, that you're in communications with that's receptive to this? Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, I think yeah, one cool. of the, the learnings for me um, in taking the, the role with OTHOT is, um, you know, I'm working now more with engineers and developers than I ever have. And, and that's cool. a, a very, um, uh, a different skill set, different mindset and, and um, yeah, a different course. personality type. Right. And, and uh-huh. you know, yeah. there's some adjustments that, um, that anybody needs to make in order to, um, uh, to, to yeah. effectively communicate with, with folks yeah. that think, act and, um, and process information differently. Yeah. Yeah. You get to the point where you have to, um, you have to almost put yourself in the mindset of the engineering team to, to explain, a either a feature or a bug. Right. right? And be like, you, you have to speak very, uh, specifically so that they understand what you're saying. Right. And, but once you get that down, you can find yourself being, being effective. At least I, I've been able to once, once we speak each other's language. Right. And, and I yeah. think, um, the thing that's probably worked, as well for us with that as anything is um, it, it's, it's kind of like, if you don't want to hear from me, hop on the phone with the customer, they'll tell you. Right. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Which you prefer. <laughs> right. And, and, um, and, yeah. and I think oftentimes um, that can diffuse whatever, um, wh- whatever misconceptions there may be, or, or even, you know, whatever egos there might be involved in um, who's yeah. right or who's wrong. Right. At the end, it doesn't really matter if I'm right or you're wrong. It's who's on the other line. Customer saying this. Yeah. yeah. And here's X number of support tickets that they're asking for this. And there's the volume of that. Yeah. Exactly. That data always drives those, those conversations. Okay. Well, best numbers don't lie. Um, so being that you're kind of growth sales, customer success, I'm, I'm dying to ask, um, and I, I kind of proposed this to our own team uh, months back because we've been thinking about scaling and I introduced this idea that I've heard of a couple, a couple companies doing, and it's this idea of the salesperson lives with this customer through selling, right. onboarding, right. and retaining. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, or if you've tried that, or um, you know, if, if you have any opinions on how that could be successful. Yeah, so I think um, I think in the early days, um, that that is a, a really interesting way to to, to, um, to think about it. And, you know, in some ways it was one of the benefits I had in the sense that, you know, I had responsibilities that cut across sales and customer success. Mm-hmm. Um, right. uh, and, and I think it, it is, um, uh, you know, I think a, a way to, to train new folks to really understand what a customer goes through on the sales side 
Um, I think that does become more challenging as you start to think about scalability and and yeah. really building out um, teams that are focused on um, growing and serving at, at uh, different rates and levels than what the company mm-hmm. uh, you know may have been doing in, in prior years. Um, I think I think yeah. you know as you continue to grow and scale and uh, invest institutional dollars, uh, you, you know. Part of what you need to uh, contemplate is is how to uh, increase the, the level of specialization in every area that you have, without losing, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe some of the magic of be- being able to uh, to move in an agile way and to bring the voice of the customer into into every interaction that you have, on just simply yeah. because you're involved in it all, right? Right. Right. Well, that's what I love about it is, is, um, so I understand that you maybe potentially sacrifice, you know, a skill set to have a well-rounded kind of uh, role, you know, for example, some people can just are just in their comfort zone selling. Right. right? But when it comes time to onboard a customer and the technical setup and stuff like that, it's just like fish out of water. Right. Right. So I understand that, but you have to imagine that, um, to, to be with the customer through that whole journey must be kind of the most value you could possibly bring to that customer. So long as, you know, software does what, yeah. what the person, the, the company needs it to right. do, you know, but I, I feel like it'd be super valuable and I like the trend. I'm just curious to hear how, how, if others are kind of adopting yeah, it, um, would you, I think, I think it's a, a wonderful concept. And I, and I think that, um, like I said, in the early days, it wasn't a, a, a anything that was overwhelmingly challenging. I think as you grow mm-hmm. and scale, um, there's, there's probably right. a hybrid that uh, you can utilize to, <laughs> yeah. to, to sort of create that that experience and you know really the empathy that's required to serve the customer um, through that totally. journey, while at the yeah. same time not losing um, you know really the, the the focus and the expertise that you're looking to build in in a larger team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing like being out with a customer in their first, you know, few weeks, <laughs> and they'll tell you something that whether that whether it was said or whether it's what they perceived, but you'll be like, the sales rep told you what? Right. <laughs> like, you're like that's not even like close to the realm of possible. Right. But let's come up with a solution here because here we right. are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I'm, that's a that's a training thing, right? It, it, and. And the sales yeah. culture thing. So it's a, funct- it's a functional need thing too, right? Well, it's, it's, I mean, salespeople, you said in front of one, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't just say what we need to say to close the deal. Uh, you know, I think like on, on an average, but I think the, the question that I have for you, Dave, is, you know, when you start to get that specialization, right? right um, I think it's like easy to, you know, like right now with Union, you know, I, personally, I'm kind of in between three three different worlds, you know, sales, yeah. operations, and, and you know, the actual delivery. Right. Now, if I was to clone myself, you know, for each of those three sort of areas, you know, that, that obviously becomes difficult. Um, what are some of the things that you've done um, or that you're working on that, that are kind of, um, you know, working to, to sort of stitch that specialization yeah. together without losing that alignment. Right. right. 
Um, so great question, and and one that I think is um, is not easily answerable. Um, you know, yeah. because it is such a difficult question to to address. But what I would say is that mm-hmm. um, you know there are, there are ways to to um, to do that while you are trying to scale. Uh, and and some of the things that um, that I'm involved with today that I, I hope are going to be helping to, to sort of achieve that um, involve, um, you know, a lot of the, the customer impact illustrations that we're trying to bring to life um, in terms of mm-hmm. how we actually talk about the, um, the, the engagements that we're, we're in and um, what the customer mm-hmm. uh, benefits from. Um, and we're trying to use, mm-hmm. um, like we have this, this theme going on on our blog right now um, called it's called the Game Changer series, where we're trying to focus on individual uh, customers within the partner schools that we work with, and what it was that they did um, in working with us to do something cool, and um, and to, to see a result, right? And um, and so you know, there's there's the there's bringing those stories to life in such a way that other people can tell them as if they were there, and um, you know, I, I think that's um, when done really well on the uh, on the marketing side. Um, you know that that can help to create that type of an experience um, in the in the way that that the solution is positioned and in the way that the stories are told to um, illustrate the value. Um, I, I, think, I think some other um, examples that I would offer up include like how how we can better utilize. Um, video to to um, to show how the platform works mm. in a way that's not just educational mm-hmm. but also um, creates a kind of a level of excitement in um, what somebody can do and how they can do it. Um, it this notion of empowerment um, that we try to instill in in what we're we're offering to a prospective customer, right? Um, so, th- so those yeah, are that's... those are sort of examples on the the marketing side, and then. You know, one of the things that um, we're doing right now with um, our positioning, um, with our message, is is really um, sort of reevaluating what it is that we say about uh, our solution, which is fairly complex in nature. Um, like, how do we use simple language to, to talk about what we do in a way that that really gets at the essence of what it is? And and so, you know, I, I think those are examples that are probably more marketing related, but um, Mm-hmm. You know that 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 sort of get at this notion of um, bringing the 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 voice of the customer and what it is what it's like to be one of our customers into interactions that we have uh, on the sales side. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Like uh, in sales, I always say the 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 prospect will make a buying decision when value exceeds cost. Right. So it's interesting. I, I'm I'm picking up on this where it's like you have to continue to build value throughout the process. Otherwise the cost becomes, you know, it's like, what am I paying for right. this as opposed mm-hmm. to what am I, what value am I deriving right. from right. this? Um, that's interesting. So it's not, it's not selling or anything like that, but it is the same, the same sort of basic concept that the value has to stay in, in front of the prospect, right. um, which is, Fantastic. And then, and then I, I like I'd say you know, one of the other things that we're trying to do, certainly as our team grows, um, we, with every customer that we have, we do a postmortem 
um, at the end of um, whatever cycle it is that we're working on in the engagement. And, um, and so we try to at least invite uh, folks across different functional teams to participate in, mm-hmm. in those interactions, because I think you get really, you know, it's sort of a microcosm of the, the engagement in the sense that, you know, you're, you're doing a recap of what happened, um, where we were helpful, you know, you, oftentimes you're getting feedback, whether it be you guys were great or, you know, we had these challenges. Um, and then, you know, you're also um, getting reactions to, to product roadmap items and, and ideas on, hey, wouldn't it be great if you could do this? So, I mean, those, mm-hmm. that's another sort of example more, uh, more rooted in the, on the customer success side of, of how you can mm-hmm. kind of create mm-hmm. at least um, that experience while, um, while you're trying to, to scale and, and, and do it in a way that oftentimes requires more specialization from your teams. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. So, um, what, what evolutions or trends in your industry do you see having the, the largest impact or potential impact on you and how are you guys adapting? So there, there are a couple of things that I think, um, are, are happening from a trend perspective. I think, um, fundamentally, um, there, there are some demographic patterns at play, um, across our country mm-hmm. that are going to fundamentally, change the the size and the mix Mm -hmm. of uh prospective uh college and university students within the next 10 years uh and that is going to have dramatic implications and already is um uh, with colleges and and universities across the country i think that coupled with the Mm -hmm. uh, the potential for um different forms of of educating uh i.e online or uh, or through more experiential learning that are available um, mm-hmm. today at a, at a much lower cost, um, are going to mm-hmm. really challenge um, the way that um, major institutions do business. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, w- along with that, it's going to require that um, those, those institutions need to, um, as with any institution or w- with any organization, I should say, um, they need to really know their customer, which is the student, better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think at a macro mm-hmm. level, there's this um, there's this this kind of element of of retail like um, uh, you know mo- a, re- a retail like business model that is is sort of making its way into into other industries. And it, this isn't a new trend, but it is certainly one that. I think is becoming more of a reality in higher education, uh, more so than ever had. Yes, meaning like like more transactional. No, I'm, I'm meaning more like um, there's a there's an expectation from the customer that you're going to know me and that you're going to um, anticipate right. my okay. needs and that um, you know right. I'm willing to to maybe trade. Um, information about me that, um, is private, uh, in order for, for you to, um, know me better and, and to anticipate what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so, you yeah. know, I think there's that level of expectation when that, that um, exists in, in younger people today more so than it ever has. Um, and so yeah. along with that, it's, it's requiring, um, it's requiring the, the, uh, market that we serve, 
uh, to, to adapt. Mm-hmm. And, and like what, right. what's uh, yeah. accelerating that as much as anything is that um, there, there are going to be less students that look like the students that are at their institution today um, in the years to mm-hmm. come. And in and, and some areas of the country, um, you know, th- they're going to be um, clear winners and losers and, and they're going to be schools that go out of business. And, and we're seeing that, uh, you know, really? I think in like New England area uh, in particular the past couple yeah. of years. Yeah, wow. there's a lot, a lot of schools. Um, you know, I, one in Boston that like I remember visiting, um, like a nice school. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, uh, you know, one of these degree mill schools. Wild. Um, do you see, uh, do you see like a higher level of engagement with with the students? This is purely for has nothing to do with really the, uh, you know, the tactics of customer success. But do you see like a, a, a higher engagement of the students as they are sort of requiring institutions to know more than more about them? Or is this kind of part of this like, you know, millennial thread uh, or, or trend? I'm a millennial, so I can say it um, where where like the you know, it's a it's like me, 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 me. But then there's nothing really in return for the institution. Uh, right. So how, how is that playing? So, out? Uh, the simple answer to your question is yes. Uh the more complicated answer is I think it's a little bit of both in the sense that um, I, I think there is that um, that sort of millennial mindset um, uh, uh, that you described pretty well um, that does exist. But I, I also think that it's it's one of those things where, like, I'll engage with you and I'll engage more deeply with you if you really know me um, and, and, you, and you actually um, look to engage with me on my terms. You know, if you're going to send me a, a view book that um, looks like it was made for my parents um, and, and it's not something that it's not a way that I consume information, I'm going to I'm going to tune you out. Right. Oh, and, interesting. And, um, yeah. So I think it's a little bit of both. It's kind of like you're dealing with that, the mindset and, and really the, that mentality to begin with. And then if if you're going to hit them up in a way that they don't uh, appreciate, um, they're, they're going to tune you out. But, but on the flip side, so it's, if you do a good job with it, um, they're going to share. They're gonna, yeah. And they're going to share a lot more than um, than you and I probably ever would have when we were that age. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it really is actually relevant. It's like if you, you know, try to – you spend a lot of money, you spend a lot of time and a lot of resources trying to understand your, your prospect and you get it wrong and you message to it wrong, then you'll yeah. lose. Um, and – but if you get it right, like, as you're saying, you know, it, it really gains right. traction. So that's interesting. That's really, really interesting that I didn't realize that was happening. My, uh, my little sister's in college right now. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to her about kind of what, how she's interacting with her, uh, with her university. Yeah. That's fascinating. And, and stuff. probably topic for another day. Um, and not necessarily related to, um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the topic at, at play with this podcast, but, I do think there's a dimension to that that exists in the workplace today when it comes to um, millennials and Gen Ys, you know, probably more so Gen Ys now, um, really interacting with um, you know Gen Xers um, in the workforce. And you know, there's there's yeah. a way. I, I mean, I don't profess to have it all figured out, but I will say I've been I've been working with that generation, you know, for the past ten years of my career pretty extensively. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. how you, 
how, how you manage, coach, um, mm-hmm. interact with, and get the most out of um, folks from that generation is really different. Um, the flip side is if you if you do it well, um, you know it's amazing. Like the productivity and the creativity that that can come out of of folks that I've worked with, um, you know, from, from that generation, um, is, um, is really amazing, you know? So, um, topic yeah. for another day, I'm, yeah. I imagine, but, um, it does translate. Yeah. That's I awesome. Could, I could spend yeah. some time on that one. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, Logan, let's wrap it up. Um, that's, this wraps up this episode of intent topics. I'm Chris Battis. And I am Logan Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thanks, Dave, for stopping by. Please give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you listen on. And we will see you next time.